Hello, this is Voyager Time. You come into our space showing off your uniforms, rimatima dintin, duba duba dumplin'. I'm Andrew, and with me today is... Sarah. I am the party god. <laughs> ben. And I'm your spooky boy, Nathan. Today we're talking about Voyager Season 2, Episode 2, Initiations. Chakotay encounters a Kazon youth who is on an initiation rite to earn his name by killing an enemy or be killed in the attempt. The Voyager has fired two of its 38 photon torpedoes. Did anyone else think that Kazon Ogla was the dumbest name? Ogla. Ogla. My Ogla, Ogla name. Give me my Ogla name or give me death. <laughs> I mean, I thought everything about it was bad and dumb. Yeah, me too. Because I hate this trope of that they... Star Trek has so many alien races that are like this, where they're like a warrior race, yeah. and you have to do all this dumb shit related to honor and dying for something dumb and <sighs> you described the klingon once as toxic the, the toxic masculinity the species and that's yeah. all i could think about during this yeah, yeah, yeah it's enough, just delta much. quadrant less good klingons which is really pretty saying much. something <laughs> pretty much they're klingons with worse hair <laughs> so i'd like to take a brief moment and discuss neelix in this episode who apparently is doing a good job apparently <sighs> but also at the same time the way that Janeway was like, you're oh, no. becoming adequate as a chef. And she just kind of like yeah. looked at the food real like, uh, not so sure. It's just the whole scene of her just like tolerating him being there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, but complimenting him for being such a great morale officer. Yeah. Thank you for taking on this job we never asked you to do. It just felt like, it just felt like placating him to like get him to go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked that he was asking for more responsibility and to be involved in things, and I wanted to be like, Neelix, what have you done to prove that you would actually contribute anything to anything? He found that spray the painted one, ginger once. The one away mission he's been on, he got his lungs, his lungs stolen. Uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't even have like soldier experience because we uh-huh. learned that he deserted. Oh, right. He didn't actually do anything. So I want to see evidence that he can swashbuckle mm-hmm. with the best of them uh-huh. for real neelix, neelix don't half-ass two things whole ass one thing <laughs> yeah right finish getting bad at cooking first right right <laughs> i do have some sympathy for him in that he's trying to create edible food for humans in an area that humans have never eaten from before it's true. yeah mm-hmm. i don't know how you'd even start to do that i guess you'd have to use i guess okay if i was the ship's cook. Here's what I would do. It just just come with me to, I guess, Andrew's table. Okay. <laughs> I think the thing to do would be to take the replicators and create as many familiar seasonings as you could. So, like, you want some garlic, you want stuff like that. And then mix that in with the alien stuff so it's not totally foreign. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. yeah. I'm with you on this. A little bit. I'm with some you. garlic right. on that stinky cheese that ruined the ship. <laughs> <laughs> 
cheese so hope, bad it almost destroyed a starship. I uh-huh. hope Neelix has been banned from cheese making after that. I have God, to I hope so. He's moved on to beer making. <laughs> God, that might be Great. worse. Yeah. It could actually kill somebody. Well, the cheese almost did too. What am I talking about? Uh-huh. The cheese almost killed everybody. How 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 is Janeway thinking that he's doing a good job? <laughs> he's almost killed the entire ship multiple times at this point. I was surprised that uh they let Neelix sit in the captain's chair too. Well, okay, I was mad about that too, but I think he was sitting in like Chakotay's chair. Do yeah. you think so? Yeah. I don't know. He looked a little too far over to be in the captain's seat, but I could be wrong. Tuvok shot him a significant look though, which I took to to mean that he was in the wrong spot. Well, he is in the wrong spot if he's on the bridge at all. So, <laughs> I mean, that's fair. So, Okay, circling back to the beginning of the episode, we kind of start out with Chakotay off in a shuttle, like doing oh his, lord, doing his thing, which starting off with I the, mean, yeah. yeah, breaking out the satchel again, Chakotay's satchel of racism. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't need to go into that too much. Don't need We've to addressed that dead before. horse. Yeah, but he went light years away in the shuttle, like to do this, like. I yeah. get you want to be alone for it, but like, couldn't you just like scoot off, you know, a few just stay in range of the ship, yeah. like so they could see you? Well, and it's stupid because he, especially of all people, should know that you shouldn't just assume that this area isn't occupied right. by somebody. So unknown dumb. space that he's going light years away by himself on a shuttlecraft. Mm-hmm. It's just very irresponsible. Yeah. On everybody's part. For real. I'm not mad, I'm just disappointed. Well, I'm kind of <laughs> mad because it's also racist at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can't even like, that is, <laughs> like, I looked it up and this ritual is not real. It's not a thing no. that actually exists. But and of course and, and I want to be like, okay, so this is like hundreds of years in the future. Like it's and he's like who knows? Like rituals can evolve and become something new. Like that happens all the time. And but it would be kind of nice if they had like connected it at all to like real traditions that real Native Americans have. <laughs> that it could be somewhat recognizable instead of clearly made up bullshit, which is what it is. Mm-hmm. Or just avoid it. Or just avoid it altogether and just well, have yeah. it be like some. Yeah, future space religion, something that yeah. is not going to be related or trying right. to. Like, they could have solved all of this just by talking to, like, one actual Native American person and been like, hey, would this happen? Like, is this does this make sense in terms of any traditions mm-hmm. that anything, like, if they had just done any actual research, you can, obviously they didn't. Okay, so as long as we're talking about this, I was going to save this for a later episode, but this is a good one to talk about. So Chakotay, when they developed the character, they did go do some research uh, and try to make sure it was culturally appropriate. They went and spoke to a man named Jamaica Highwater. Okay. I don't know if you heard of this guy before. Have have any of you? It doesn't sound familiar, no. Let me just read you his Wikipedia bio here. Jamaica Highwater. Born as Jackie Marks, was an American writer and journalist of Eastern European Jewish ancestry who from the late 1960s claimed to be of Cherokee and Native American ancestry. Great. Now, his fabrications were exposed in 1984. No! No! 
and they still went and spoke to him about this. He is the only one, as far as I can tell, who consulted on Chakotay's character. <laughs> I was well, getting worried there for a second. Stuff. Explains so much why it's all just made. This this all <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Oh god, oh, it sucks so bad. I mean, Voyager began development in '93. That's Big nine yikes. years after this guy was exposed. So it wouldn't just be the sort of thing where, like, maybe they missed it because you know the internet wasn't right. a thing. No, that's almost a decade later. God, yikes. He must have done a really good job Oof. of preventing people from knowing about that too much. Well. It was a lot easier. There was no way to cancel him on Twitter in 1980, whatever. So, like, that's true. I mean, it's possible that people didn't know, but it's also possible that they could have, like, checked, like, anything. Because, like, Uh it's not like that would have been that hidden if you were looking for it, you know? No. So, they clearly just were like, well, does anyone know anyone? Oh, this guy, let's just go talk to him and then call it good. So, I, I don't know if it's better that Voyager made up things. I think probably it is. Yeah. Oh, shit. I just don't. I mean, I don't really have a lot of knowledge on cultural appropriation. It sucks that they made him Native American in the first place. So it's sort of like degrees of racism that I don't really want to discuss. It's bad to make up something, call it Native American, and have it genuinely not be. But I think it also sucks to take an actual Native American ritual and then pretend that this actor who has no connection to it at all, not even in terms of the script or the script consultant, like take that and use it in the show as if it's a real genuine thing. Like it just, yeah, it's all bad. There's, well, there's no way to win in this one. I think that they could have done it by um, casting a native American person and right. then yeah. consulting at least them on if yes. these traditions feel genuine I mean, I I don't know. Like, obviously, it was a long time ago. It was the 90s. None of this can be changed now. But, like, I I feel like the franchise as a whole is moving towards being way more aware Mm -hmm. of shit like this. Mm -hmm. And shows that are being made now are a lot more, well, written (laughs) in terms of at least (laughs) that. I mean, people can disagree with me, whatever. But I don't, I mean, you're wrong. You look at something like Watchmen which is the head writer that is a white man, but the the writer's room is all women and people of color and primarily black writers. And it shows in the way that the TV show is written. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's honestly, they should have had someone on, like if you're going to have representation on your show, that's great. But Star Trek, all all, every series has like a really diverse cast intentionally, which is great. But obviously the people in the writer's room are all white guys. And that mm-hmm. could, if they could, if they're like, if they made some kind of commitment to being like, okay, if we're going to have a Korean actor, well, I don't know. Harry That's Kim- not great either. Well, no, I'm just saying like Harry's supposed to be a Korean character because his last name is Kim, right? Isn't that a Korean? Yes. So if they're going to have a K- Korean character on the show, then you should have a Korean person in the writer's room at least. And like, I mean, I feel like just some kind of representation of who's on the show to have it be genuine. Here's the thing about that. I feel like it's a little bit different, at least so far, because his ancestry is purely uh, anecdotal to who he is. We haven't u- they haven't used his like supposed Korean ancestry for anything. 
Well, I was just um, using that as an example of someone mm-hmm. who is not white who is on the show. I'm just right. saying, like, obviously, like, if they're going to have a Native American character, they should have a Native American writer, or at least somebody consulting, something like that. Like, right. Bare minimum would be consulting better. Right. Yeah. There are, there are better, steps above that still. Right. Here's the thing, though. Garrett Wong is American of Chinese descent. Right. And so he's playing a Korean character, which is kind of iffy on its own because there's this sort of idea. Like you go to the grocery store and there's like an Asian section mm-hmm. and there's no way that yeah, one yeah. aisle in the grocery store can cover. What, what is it? Two, three, four billion people on Earth. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's and this, so many like, different kinds of cuisines that come from that. Like continent yeah. as a whole in general as well. There's a ton of history and acrimony in recent times between Koreans and Chinese and Japanese for very good reasons, which we won't get into here. And so just sort of saying, like, you can take any Asian guy and cast him as any other Asian character, and that's fine, is not great. But I feel Mm -hmm. a little bit better about it here because he's American, and I feel a little bit better about it because so far they haven't used his Korean ancestor. They haven't, like, made up any Korean culture stuff to pretend that it's more woke than it is. The reason is because... They're pretending he's Chinese in the show. Don't you remember really? that time he was like, he said, you know, there's an old Chinese saying, blah, blah, blah. And he oh, said something. I don't remember that. It was like an early episode in the first season, I think. And yeah, I think that they genuinely <laughs> didn't realize that Kim was not a Chinese name. Christ. But like, so I'm okay. saying like, if <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I know that we're trying to like, well, I don't know. Like, I just think it wouldn't be that hard if they were just like, we want somebody who is an Asian person on the show to be on the show. And then you base the character mm-hmm. off of something connected to the actor instead of, I mean, unless yeah. you like specifically yeah. have storylines in mind or it's going to be important to the character or if the character is more, we're going to build it around who we cast. Like, I don't know how they, I don't think that they were thinking about that at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it- for me, it comes down to a question of authenticity. And I'm yeah. a white man, so I don't know exactly if I'm, if, if people who, if people of color are going to agree with me on this one or not, but I'm going to put it out there and I'm willing to be wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. Please, as, as a whole as well, if we are right. wrong on something, I think we are all willing to mm, listen no, and learn on, and grow on, on, on no, this. No, 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 hold on, want. hold on. If we're wrong about stuff about Star Trek facts, I don't want to hear anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. specifically, specifically, <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I, for me, it's a question of authenticity. So I am, I think I'm comfortable with a, let, let's, let's take an example, Chakotay. If the writer's room has a significant number of Native American writers in it, writing for this character and the show at large, I am more comfortable with the character not being portrayed by a Native American actor. I think that's okay. It's sort of like in, in TV shows that have gay people in them, if the if it's true to the gay writer's experience and knowledge and and gay culture at large, I think I'm okay with a straight person playing a gay character. Uh, where it becomes a problem is where it's a bunch of people with no experience, no knowledge, no lived experience, just making shit up off the top of their heads in an effort to try to have some multiculturalism, but sort of failing completely at it. I really don't like it. I I mean I don't even really like, you know gay characters being played by straight people honestly like why not i well i mean i mean for one thing there are still like even if a straight char- person is playing a gay character there are still gay actors out there who could have played that character 
and you're just giving right. it to the to the straight person at that point for unclear reasons so that they can act with a capital a like mm-hmm. it's the same to me like it's bad to have you know a cis person playing a trans character because there are trans actors who have that lived experience and it's not going to be some kind of like you know fetish like fetishy thing where it's like oh my god they're acting so good at this this experience that they have nothing they have no knowledge of like i don't know it just doesn't feel it doesn't sit right with me what what i'm bouncing on is the idea that an actor can't act and do something but i would also be super upset if a white person was playing a black person so i don't right. it, it, yeah yeah like this is basically coming down to like these people are not putting on blackface, but they are portraying people of other cultures and races than them. That if it were more op- more visually obvious, we would be upset at. Sure. So it's not just a question of authenticity; it's also a question of uh, it's a metatextual question of representation in the industry itself. Yeah. If it was yeah. all things yeah. being equal, if if a gay actor could get as much work as a straight actor, it might not be a problem, but that's not the way it is now. Yeah, right. we don't live in a perfect world, so it it sucks in that sense. Mm-hmm. Right. And as much as we might like to, we don't base policy choices. Repre- we, we shouldn't be making decisions on the way we want things to be. We have to do it on the way things are. Mm-hmm. Because if we do it based off of how we want things to be, it will, it will never get there. Right. I got to say, I did not expect we'd get this much conversation out of the first no. 10 minutes of this episode. <laughs> was it even 10 minutes? That was like yeah. the first four. <laughs> well, that's great because I want to talk about toxic masculinity, but I want to talk about it in the context of Adventure Time. <laughs> okay. Well, we still have the entire episode of Voyager to discuss. Yeah, we, is there anything else to say about this? We haven't gotten have to a, anything that else that happened that in the episode. actually happened in the episode. <laughs> All we've talked about is Chakotay being a racist by character yeah. by we himself. Yeah, about him being and then, by himself out on the shuttle. And, Neelix and then being Neelix dumb. being bad at his job and wanting to, to get a promotion, essentially. And that can go unsaid because he's the worst and we all know it. Yes, and <laughs> that's happened before. I mean, I don't really have much else to say. I found this episode to be boring toxic masculinity stuff that does that pretends it's disassembling the trope but really just reinforces it in the end yeah pretty much yeah i mean that's kind of kind of it in a nutshell i don't like i don't have a ton to say i will hold off on until we are actually at at a point where i can bring it up but it has to do with chakotay and his uniform oh no right now now is the time now is the time okay Chakotay says that he had to earn his uniform through years and years of study. When he, That's not how he earned his uniform. He earned his uniform by being kidnapped onto the other side of the galaxy and being like the, kidnapped went, into he this. He went to Starfleet. He, he did. He was a guy yeah, he from did. Starfleet who earned his uniform and then he left for moral reasons. And then he earned the uniform again by being kidnapped to the other side of the galaxy. Okay, but he, yeah. the first time it's this, it's valid. Okay. I see what you're getting at. Like though. he only like, got to be first officer because he had done that before. Mm. Like I don't sure. think Jane would have promoted just any random idiot <laughs> to be sure. her, her like right hand person. But his point was like the way that you earn this uniform is through years and years and years of study. And then on the ship there are people who have had no studying whatsoever who have the mm-hmm. same uniform. Yeah. That's they fair. don't they don't have the same pips. 
No, yeah, you're you're right. They don't have that. And I don't think that they would be in Starfleet uniforms if when they got back to the Alpha Quadrant. I think it is just a temporary. No, thing. for sure. It's 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 uh, unusual circumstances to okay, be sure. But, okay, right, but right, but like, like if he had been yes. <laughs> He can't say that to the kid to make him trust him. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, under normal circumstances, wearing this uniform, I would not be wearing this uniform. Which, by the way, that guy is not actually a kid. No, he really was not. Mm-mm. He didn't seem like it. I didn't think he was like a child, but I thought like at least you know in teens. He was like in his he Holy was in shit. his twenties at the time. Yeah, he he also plays a main character, uh, well, main-ish character on Deep Space Nine. One of the Ferengi. Huh. Like, a kid who is a Ferengi. So, so I was just, I was going to try to pull his name up, and I was just browsing through the list of actors that's listed on Wikipedia here. There uh, are his some, name is Aaron Eisenberg. Yeah. There's some crazy actors who are going to be in this. Um, Jason well, Alexander, who you might know better as George Costanza. Mm-hmm. Ed Begley Jr.? Uh, the fucking uh, rock is in an episode what? of Star Trek Voyager. What? John Reese Davies, Sarah Silverman, Dan Butler. I uh, wow, wow. All right. Uh, one of my one of I guess one of my actor facts this episode was uh, Razik was played by Patrick Kilpatrick, who has been. Don't in... kill Patrick, Patrick. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> That's a powerful name. He is. He has been in. A lot of movies. Uh, he's been in uh, Death Warrant with Jean Claude Van Damme. He's been in Minority Report, Last Man Standing, Eraser, just like all these movies with huge action movie stars. Classic character actor. <laughs> yep. He was also in this little show I hadn't heard of before called Dallas. <laughs> God damn it, Nate. <laughs> How dare you bring up my shame again? <laughs> If we get to a thousand listeners, can we please do a special watching of Who Shot JR? Sure. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? <laughs> uh, the one moment I did like was with. Oh, sorry, do you have more? A, a couple little things. He's actually from. Uh, he's from Orange, Virginia, which is not far from me, which is cool. Uh, but then uh, Tim Dazarn played Halik, the other Kazon. Uh, and he has been in Spider-Man, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Cabin in the Woods, and Fight Club. And then, yeah, Aaron, Aaron Eisenberg was in Deep Space Nine for a long time as uh, Nog slash newspaper vendor. So. <laughs> <laughs> I said I didn't want to talk about it, but I, I do want to talk about it now. So toxic masculinity in this episode. Sarah, you touched on it a little bit, but it's the trope that really bothers me about it. Uh, here's something I can't. Here's my lived experience, by the way. We can't, I feel qualified to talk about this one. The lesson it seemed like they were building to is that toxic masculinity was bad. Uh, in that, like, the idea that you earn your name by killing someone is roughly equivalent to the idea that to be a man, you have to be strong and violent and willing to kill. Uh, which I think is a, an idea that is perpetuated throughout our culture. They could have gone in a different direction with it, with Chakotay talking about, you know, going to school and doing these sort of nonviolent things. But in the end, the problem is resolved when this little Kazon kid kills the right person, not avoiding killing at all. And that really bummed me out. 
It's the message was not that to- toxic masculinity is bad or this is a toxic society. We should do something about it. The message was, it's okay as long as you kill the right person. It's that it's that view of does the ends justify the means type of view on like okay if I if I kill this guy then I'm I don't know it I don't know it was a it was a weird it's a weird thing to parse what they were trying to get at. <laughs> it's I mean the really show bad. phrases it in a way where the win for the Kazon is that he gets his name so he yeah. by by subscribing to the toxic culture which he is a part of and not rejecting it for, uh, I think what the show sets up is the higher, more moral or ethical thing to do in Chakotay. By killing somebody, he says, the, the, the show tacitly condones this culture and the things that it promotes, right? Mm-hmm. It's, not, it, it, he, it's not that he got his name by abstaining from the things that the show thinks are bad. It's that he got his name by killing somebody it was just that instead of killing chakotay he kills the the big boss guy mm-hmm. and what it's saying then is that it's not that killing is bad and it's not that this culture is bad it's that it's good in the if you point it in the right direction when really you got to reject the premise entirely and say it's not okay to be killing people like this and it's certainly not okay to tell a 13 year old boy that his life is over if he doesn't mm-hmm like at least chakotay like chakotay's redeeming thing in this episode was him trying to get car out of this cycle mm-hmm. but and they could have leaned into that they could they could I, know, have. I was hoping that they would kind of continue down that but it just kind of cycled yeah. back right to where he started fundamentally mm-hmm. yeah it could have been a very interesting episode where chakotay shows him the alternate path and shows and sort of breaks him out of this well he did culture. talk about the he did talk about the alternate path car asked him you would rather die in your sleep a wrinkled old man and he's like uh yeah yes, <laughs> yes. obviously <laughs> that sounds about right yeah but 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 that's not the way the episode winds up going and it is weird to me that Chakotay just sort of steps aside there genuine question what other solution do you think that would have been acceptable to the kid so as i was watching i thought it would have been really interesting if the kid came on board the ship mm-hmm. as a counterpoint to Neelix. He becomes <laughs> the chef. <laughs> uh. I knew that wasn't what was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because he's a main character on Deep Space Nine. He can't be on Voyager 2. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. I just yeah. know that I don't like where this one wound up. I, I don't like that they spend so much time setting up that it's the wrong thing to do. And then at the last minute, they subvert all of it by saying, actually, it's okay as long as you kill the right person. I think something they could have done would be to find another place for him to live because he obviously mm-hmm. didn't want to go out of the Alpha Quadrant with them. Like he said that. Like what they could have done is had him on like three episodes or something and then right. have in two episodes from this one, they find him a place where it makes sense for him to live. Yeah. And he goes and lives there. But they, that's not the type of show that they were writing. So yeah, which is unfortunate because that yeah. would have been interesting to kind of flesh out him dealing with that change, getting out of that culture he was ingrained in, and yeah. then finding a place that he can like settle into this new life and ideology that he would have. Like that would have been a better arc, like over the the long run. But yeah, it's just with how episodic the show is, it doesn't really. It could have been very poignant, too, because it could have shown truly how difficult and how brave you have to be to reject these overarching cultural norms. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, as we've seen with all the Klingons 
episodes mm-hmm. in every single show like most of the time they don't and they just double down on it yeah i don't know like like we've talked about in previous episodes it's it's the most frustrating to me in these episodes where it's like there would be such potential for these really strong stories and mm-hmm. they just kind of just land flat they whiff mm-hmm. yeah. yeah what i wrote down was that I hated episodes like this. Any episode about an alien culture introduced just to be toxic and shitty is mm. annoying and dumb. They do the same thing with the Klingons all the time. The point seems to always be, look at how backwards they are, which, sure. And it's like, okay, yeah, they're different from the Federation, but there is so much evidence of like everything in the whole show, like the history of Star Trek, that the Federation is not perfect <laughs> and has a lot of things going on that are bad and they're like doing their best, but there's still like inherently like corruption at all levels of it in every episode or every series of the show mm-hmm. that has been illustrated. And I also think it would be kind of interesting if they stopped showing all these backwards, like low technology mm-hmm. or like low, you know, like less civilized quote unquote people and just show them running into people who are more civilized than they are. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. cause they've be had that one, that one episode where they show up and it's the, the like weird horny people. Yeah. I was thinking but of them too. <laughs> I thought of that too, but also they weren't like the humans still thought they were better than them. Yeah. Cause like the people in the Federation and, humans basically like there's aliens in the federation but those cultures are not the predominant one they are constantly like going around acting like they're better than everyone else which is i think in later shows like the more recent ones that is addressed more often and people are coming to terms with the fact that the federation has that reputation and that maybe they're not the ones doing the best in the you know galaxy or whatever but in these (laughs) old shows they're just like portrayed as this like perfect entity that just Mm -hmm. is the most like the the pinnacle of civility and whatever and i think it's like trying to be that yeah but i I think that's the problem with trying to write a utopian society in a culture that is not utopian right because you have all these blind spots you just can't you you are unaware of right yeah i don't know i just there were just there's just a variety that could be there that's not and it sucks yeah, yeah. But the truth is, it's easy to look back. I mean, we get that history. We get a little bit of that now, right? Because in the '90s, this was like hyper progressive stuff. They had a Native American character on TV. They were tackling these heady topics like gang violence. Heavy quotes on the Native American character. Well, as we have right. Well, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but like, like in retrospect, they, it's like it's so light and it's so shallow, and they never really deconstruct any of these topics. Yeah, they're just saying hey look at this topic okay we're done and then move move on to the next thing yeah they're like well we solved that moving on <laughs> like which is why i just i really wish this show was l- more serialized than episodic like this yeah because i if it was more basically the way that battlestar galactica did it where they have this like overarching thing like they're looking for earth or whatever like their mm-hmm. main thing they're running away from cylons they're looking for a place to live and that's the overarching story, but there's like the episodic things that happen, but those things even still can be carried over between episodes and there's like arcs and character development. It's like revolutionary ideas of having a show that makes sense. <laughs> like I, right. it just sucks that it took so long and like that these classic Star Trek shows were just right on the cusp of like before 
that would have made sense to be in those shows. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be really interesting when we get to it in 2023 to compare <laughs> Battlestar Galactica and Steven Universe for that reason, because it's like it's it, jumping ahead 20, 30 years in the future from this time and and seeing what things are like. Yeah. Because you're right. Narrative has, has evolved so much. The culture has evolved so much. Things that we that used to be acceptable are not anymore. Right. It, it, it took a long time. And 30 years from now, we're going to look back and see a ton of issues with mainstreaming. Yeah. stuff now out now too i mean it, it's already like i would argue that game of thrones is probably the biggest tv show of the last what 10 15 years yeah and it's full of problematic shit that yeah. we already yeah. know about yeah. right that we knew about when it was coming out mm-hmm. right and right. when the, it was written into the books <laughs> yeah i mean know, two decades before the show well, came out. <laughs> <laughs> no but i like i get what you're yeah, saying yeah. like well, I mean, that show has not aged well in general. That's just no. a that, different... show, that show ended like last year. Yeah. <laughs> I did remember another thing that I got mad at, which was Chicote saying that he's a doc- the doctor can revive him if even if he's been brain dead for two minutes. When in that previous episode, doesn't Harry go like they can re- revive you within like a couple of hours, something like that? <laughs> well, yeah. maybe he wasn't brain dead. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He was pretty solidly dead. He yeah, was, he was but dead. He was just not brain dead. Yeah. Maybe he's just being like, I don't know. It's probably just bad inconsistent writing, yeah. but maybe there is some sort of difference if you like have a brain damage injury that kills you, they can sure. still revive you after that short of a time. But if you died from something else, it'd be different. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, Harry said (laughs) that there are instances Mm -hmm. where it was that long, so it's probably... Maybe that's the extremes. Yeah, right. On the extreme end of it. Yeah. Also, there was a a random fourth dude on this away team that we've never seen before. (laughs) (laughs) Who just silently stood there looking like intimidating not even intimidating just trying to look handsome is all i could tell he's coming back to die next My episode name's Larry for sure Durst. we didn't get a name though right no did he have lines no he just silently stood there like a statue just, yep they were like kind of hiking around on that planet and i thought the whole time that kes just looked exhausted like Why she was kes go along in the I first don't, place i guess for doctor medical she was the I, medical person. Didn't make sense. They didn't. She's she's got medical training. Here's my logic. She's got medical training, and she was living amongst the Kazon for a while. So she would be the most knowledgeable potentially about like the traps they have set up or the kinds of weapons that are on the surface. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of best I got. So. That's probably the reason why they said it, because the medical reason doesn't make sense because they can just beam them up to the ship. Yep, <laughs> they right. don't need to do medical attention there. So it's probably right. mostly the Kazon part. Despite having in- been intended as an allegory to the infighting Los Angeles street gangs, oh, no. the Kazon were, quote, coming across as kind of warmed over Klingons. Mm-hmm. Yep. I stand by my, uh, my stance that they are just Klingons with bad hair. Yep. Yeah. Executive producer Michael Piller co- ended the call by telling writer Michael Bill or jeez, these- <laughs> Guy's names Michael Piller, executive producer Michael Piller, and writer Ken Biller. <laughs> Biller? Oh, Piller and Biller. <laughs> yeah. 
The dynamic duo, Pillar Miller. I want you to stop. Don't write anything today. Leave the office and go find some gang members or find a policeman who can take you to see some gang members. I'll talk to you about it tomorrow and see what you find out from the street. I hate all of this. No. That's so bad. Okay. That sucks so bad. That's going to a primary source is a good idea. But here's what happened. Uh, Your boss shouldn't be telling you to do something that's life threatening, though. <laughs> I don't. When you're don't a know. writer on a TV I show, I don't think that's particularly life threatening. Well, I just, I mean, go out and find some gang members or a police officer who can do yeah, it. Yeah, chill like, with them. I don't know. I, 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 I think it'd be fine, right? Like, it's, it's not. Look, it's not like all gang members are crazy, insane, killing people who are no. just going to well, shoot you for like, asking a right, question. Right, but I don't think that they would be super thrilled about having a, this writer Hi, I'm writer, this writer on Star Trek, and we want to make some evil aliens based off of how <laughs> yeah, you guys we're, act. We're going that... the villains of our show based on you? <laughs> like, don't think you'd you phrase it about... like that. <laughs> about your business model i really like your hair how'd you do that yeah that's that's gonna go great for him <laughs> so wait what did they what does it say happened when they did this he did discover the book monster the autobiography of an la gang member oh so he didn't actually go and do it he read one book <laughs> to be fair find depiction okay okay to be fair that's still better, better than they books. did with the native american stuff well yeah yeah, that's true. That's a that's a pretty fucking low bar, though. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just trying to give them any credit here right now, my dude. <laughs> also, Sarah specifically, memory often notes that this episode's story itself was a problematic one for director Winrick Colby. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Imagine, imagine making this episode now. Fuck. Well, they wouldn't. wouldn't. Yeah, they wouldn't. No, they couldn't. None of it would happen. It would and be too problematic all around. Well, and here's something I've been noticing too. I feel like I've been coming down fairly hard on Voyager for doing a lot of by the numbers stories. But I also have to remember that in the 90s, TV was only really 30 years old. And so a lot of these mm. stories hadn't been done yet. Right. Mm-hmm. We're looking at it 30 years in the future. Yeah. And applying our standards now to it then. And I think that's it's okay to do that from a perspective of like racial awareness and that sort of thing. But I think when it comes to the stories themselves, I might have been being a little too hard on it. Yeah, I think that's fair. This is It felt paint by the numbers to me because I've seen this done a million times, and I think Voyager was one of the earlier shows to do this kind of story. Yeah, and that's that's pretty true kind of across the board for early Star Trek. They were pretty far ahead for the time. Even with how much problematic stuff are in it now, yeah, it's like the original series had the first interracial kiss on mm-hmm, TV, mm-hmm. right? And then Next Generation had Riker fall in love with uh, a non-binary person. Mm-hmm. Although that is sure. kind of still a little bit of a problematic episode <laughs> in some ways, but it's mm-hmm. like the effort was at least there to do something different. They were taking steps to do something. The truth in trying to become a better person is that you will fuck up constantly along the way. And Voyager and Star Trek in general is just sort of, they're showing how that entire process works. Like Mm -hmm. 60 Star Trek, very problematic, but trying its best. And you Mm -hmm. look at something like Discovery Now, which maybe is not perfect, but I think is a lot better 
than the mm-hmm. 60s version. It's just mm-hmm. you get to see a, a culture fucking up reflected on TV. Mm-hmm. Definitely give them credit. All the credit for trying. They did not right. land a lot of it. Yeah. But also that's uh, like that's why I brought up that we we are willing to listen in terms of like yes. if we're getting racism stuff wrong. Not Star Trek. Again, do not at us about Star Trek facts. <laughs> but I do not if we care are... what Harry Kim's background is. But we. I... Well, I mean, I care, but I don't need someone to tell me about it. I'll we'll look it up. We'll look that stuff up as much up as the show own. tells me. Yeah, we don't need fact checks about the show. But if we're being dumb, let us know. Yes, <laughs> yes. we are. We are trying to do our best. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Flanchertimeatgmail.com. Well, this week. We also watched Adventure Time Season 2, Episode 7, Power Animal. Jake must stay focused in order to rescue Finn, who has been kidnapped by an evil gnome, voiced by Paul Rubens, bent on turning Ooh literally upside down. After several distracts, Jake eventually comes to Finn's rescue. And Season 2, Episode 8, Crystals Have Power. Finn and Jake visit a crystal dimension where giant crystal creatures begin to turn Finn into a crystal being. It is revealed the domain is ruled by tree trunks who disappeared in the eponymous first season episode. She has become the crazed ruler of the crystal dimension, but Finn and Jake save her. I really liked both of these episodes. Yeah, me too. I never want to eat a cinnamon roll again. I I desperately want to go eat cinnamon bun. Cinnamon bun comes back so many times and he constantly gets eaten and it's perfect. That's very good. So is there just like a factory somewhere turning them out? Nope, same guy. <laughs> How do you know? Um, I'm not going to tell you why. Andrew? Because it winds up being a weird spoiler for major Adventure Time lore. All right, then. Do you think your energy could be used to power a huge machine? <laughs> I think Andrew's energy could be used to power a huge machine. Only my podcast energy. <laughs> I was also this close to using Paul Rubens as my fact, but then I remembered, oh, every time I try and use an Adventure Time voice actor that's somebody big, Andrew keeps blowing up my spot. So I... <laughs> no, no, I'll, I'll let you have this one. Who, who is Paul Rubens? No. Okay. Pee-wee, he's Pee Wee Herman, but... <laughs> he's Pee Wee Herman! But that was a little bit, obvi- a little bit obvious, so I yeah. obviously had to go look at the Star Trek cast and I was pleasantly surprised. I loved Pee-wee's Playhouse as a kid. I never watched it. I watched it sometimes. I watched it on VHS that I rented from Hollywood Video. Hollywood God Video. damn. How dating of a sentence was that? <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we were a Mr. Movies family ourselves. <laughs> that was more of a, a rural thing. You know? <laughs> Hollywood Video is what we had in the burbs, baby. <laughs> We, we had, had Blockbuster. Yeah, we had Blockbuster, and I would, for multiple summers, as a way to keep me busy, uh, my mom would get me this, like, video game rental thing so that I could go mm-hmm. rent a video game, like, and just keep swapping them out, and it didn't cost them, like, $20 oh, yeah. each time. Oh, that was great. So I would yeah. just bike over to Blockbuster and pick up a new video game every couple days, and mm-hmm. it was so good every single time. Sarah, how did you feel about this episode? Um... I thought it was kind of rough <laughs> to really? watch. Just well, yeah, like it was a lot of Finn he was getting tortured. <laughs> Valid, <laughs> strong Jake episode though. Yeah, the multiple times that you tried to toast ice cream. Yeah, 
That's what happens when I get distracted. I really loved him laughing at his ears flopping as he did. Yeah. And the the gut punch waking him up. His gut making a fist yeah. and punching him in the face. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there. I felt so connected to, J- uh, to Jake every time he kept getting distracted and not being able to focus on something. Uh-huh. Darn it, my best friend's missing! Also the I bugs like the- were... Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Bug dances, yeah. <laughs> yeah the bug dances really See, I wasn't going to talk about the dancing. I was going to talk about the chug, 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 chug. Oh, I like the <laughs> dancing. Both were very good. I thought it was very amusing that there was a stripper pole in the sexy fun dancing chamber. That was a very adult thing in this episode. Yeah. And that combined with the next episode was a wild combination on a kid's TV show. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think one of my favorite Jake moments in the show, in this episode, was his uh, descriptions of his senses. <laughs> He's just smelling, touching, tasting, looking. Just doing all of those things very dramatically. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I would the be, I would be remiss to not mention one. the party god in Cloud <laughs> Kingdom. Uh, <laughs> so good. You have won my favor for being a completely off-the-hook party dog. <laughs> Just this a giant floating wolf, wolf head. head yes you got me hat. to grant your wish you will be f- filled with the power of a thousand party demons and will demolish everything in your path I was a little bummed we didn't get to see more of that mm-hmm. but we did get to see a ripped fin punching a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. that's true <laughs> no that's more true. games no more pajamas. <laughs> uh, the party god is excellent. Like really smart character design. I love the sideways hat with the one ear tucked down and the other ear sticking out. Uh, the party god voiced by D. Bradley Baker, who we've talked about before. Yes. So. D. Bradley Baker, voice actor for a million things. Also cinnamon bun. Yep. 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 <laughs> um, the second episode was Wild. Yeah. <laughs> I know we're trying yeah. to be more descriptive of these things instead of just saying that things are wild or great, but I really don't know how to describe it other than just being <laughs> wild and horny. Uh-huh. Yeah, extremely so, horny. There's a lot of that. Sarah, it's the return to your favorite character. Tree Trunks. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Is Tree Trunks your favorite now? She's. I like her, but I was going to say, is, to be or is it Marceline? Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's like a tie between Marceline and Lumpy Space Princess, but I like okay, Tree Trunks. Uh, fair, fair. So in the first the first time we saw Tree Trunks, it was a lot of innuendo. In this one, she's just oh, straight up thirsty. Very, very outright horny. <laughs> yeah. But she was like under like a spell or something. The crystal power. She was Quartzion, the crystal queen. Yeah, that's just what was making her like angry and crazy, but that was all it was amplifying real feelings. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Her love of Finn, a And then Finn's boy. just like, okay, let's just go home let's now. Home. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I just loved so much that they like actually followed through on that like sudden abrupt ending from a season ago. Yeah. 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 Did not expect There's them gonna to be a lot like, more actually that. follow through on that kind we'll of We'll recap. Yep. <laughs> I did like all the times that Jake was trying to get past the like crystal guys. 
controlled Jake's physique was very good to me. <laughs> yeah, very squat awesome and very spherical. It was just a, it was a very clever like design for that mentality that he was in because normally he's also long and stretchy. So for him to be physically containing himself like that <laughs> was very clever. Yeah. Gotta drop a crystal donk. <laughs> <laughs> the crystal gatekeeper who was keeping keeping him out, uh, voiced by Kent Osborne, uh, who is one of the writers for the show, and oh, also has so written on basically every other like Cartoon Network show hmm. of this style. It's crazy. I really like when they cast writers as minor voice actors because nah. they always get such weird good line readings out of this. Yeah, like Tree Trunks is perfect because it's just like. A sweet old lady talking, and like this is just a writer who's like, gotta drop a crystal donk. Well, when they first appear to like take Finn, it's like, yeah. hey, are you guys good or evil? Oh, we're good. <laughs> okay, I'm Finn. Good. <laughs> the, the other crystal warriors were voiced by Pendleton Ward, so oh, of course, uh, okay. she was too sassy and powerful. Too sassy and so powerful, good. indeed. If I had a penny for every time someone got hopped up on magic energy, I'd be Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> what? <laughs> so does that just mean once or does that mean lots of times? <laughs> All right, so this is the episode I wanted to discuss toxic masculinity in. Okay. I thought it was an opening. <laughs> Because of what? Because of the opening. <laughs> Tough No. Boys. Well, yeah, there's that. I thought it was a really interesting pairing with Voyager. And I can't tell if they fall into the same trap or not. Right? So all throughout it, like, so the, yeah, there's the Tough Boys and there's Finn and he's hurt and sad and Jake is apologetic about that. that that's pretty cut and dry. But all throughout the episode, like, Jake is trying to control himself and not be violent. I think... Th- I think they don't fall into the same trap. I think that Adventure Time does a better job with it in this case because the message at the end of uh, Voyager was that toxic masculinity is good as long as you get the right person. Whereas I think the message for Adventure Time was not get the right person. It was you should not be a doormat that lets people do whatever they want. You should stand up for yourself. You should do you should take action when action needs to be taken. It kind of reflects the his hero episode and mm-hmm. like when is the right time to take action versus you know the, that perspective of is it ever okay to condone violence or is it outright wrong like all the time like that whole discussion we had back in that episode what i'm struggling with is that jake tries to be nonviolent. And he fails every time, and the only way he succeeds is by being violent in the end. And I'm not sure where that lands in regards to to Voyager. Again, I think it's because he's he's trying to be nonviolent, but also the guys are like, "Yeah, we don't care." Like the, the his his quote unquote enemy in the in the Crystal Guardians, like they just could not give less of a shit about what Jake wants. So Jake needs to actually stand up and make his, like, get his, his his wants out into the world, in this case, through punching. I think the point, it was not so much through the punching as much as it is, don't be a doormat. I'm still, I still can't quite figure out why I like this one better. It worked for me here, I think partially because Jake actually tried other things before ultimately deciding that he, 
they weren't working. He had no other options. You're right. He couldn't be a doormat and just let them hurt someone else. He had to take a stand versus Voyager, which was just like, it's fine for this kid to do violence because that's what his culture is saying. And he's pointing it in the right direction. He did like, there was no attempt. Yeah. It's, it's the difference of like the situation and intent behind it. Whereas like Jake was standing up for his friend, someone in need who was being wrongfully hurt (laughs) and the other being just like, this is what my culture says I should do. And I'm going to indulge in that. I need this to become a person in Kazan Ogla culture. Like this is what's giving me value as a person. Sarah, your thoughts? I Well, I think that the Voyager one is inherently more toxic because like you've been saying, like it's built into their a culture and a society as opposed to just one person struggling with it. I mean, the fact that Jake was even struggling with it at all and like realized that there was some kind of like potential problem with his actions pre- previously and that having control over himself is important, like that already separates it and makes it a different yeah. situation. Cause like Jake is Jake. The whole process is like, he's learning something about himself throughout the episode. Like, you know, he learned that in certain situations you shouldn't do things cause it'll hurt people. And then in other situations you need to stand up for yourself in the star Trek episode. They, nobody learned shit. <laughs> like <laughs> Everybody like the, the shitty standards were reinforced and everyone went home. Like that was yeah. what that episode was. So yeah, there it is. Well, that's my connection between these two shows. It was um, a really easy connection this time because yeah, that was I, also yep. my connection. Yeah. I just I'm wrote down it right now. I just wrote down mm-hmm. tough guy contests as the connection because <laughs> yeah. that's basically what it was. Adventure Time did Voyager, Voyager stick better here um, in a lot of ways. Also, with the first episode too, Voyager's like the Kazon culture is super okay, and Adventure Time was like gnome culture is not okay. <laughs> gnome culture <laughs> is actually bad. Yeah, I mean, if your culture is based around harming others, it's a, it is a bad culture. Yes. There, yeah, there <laughs> it is. Yeah. And Jake felt genuinely bad about hurting Finn. Yeah. They're doing their tough guy thing, and he got out of control, and he didn't want to do that. As opposed to, I think, the Kazon culture, where that sort of thing would be rewarded. A culture where every day is a tough guy contest. Yeah. Um, other connection is that the rest of the Voyager crew had to um, go and find Chakotay, just like Jake had to go and find Finn. Oh, very good. uh, Boy, that one was just lying right there. Uh Uh-huh. Just sitting right there on the floor saying, hey, I'm an easy connection. Pick me up. (laughs) Yep, but we got too distracted by, you know, dancing (laughs) and, um, you know, toasting toasting our ice cream and... (laughs) But luckily, with my smelling, touching, tasting, and looking, I was able to find that connection. <laughs> You're such a good finder, Nate. <laughs> Friends, join us next time for Star Trek Voyager Season 2. Episode 3, Projections and Adventure Time Season 2. Episode 9, The Other Tarts. And Episode 10, To Cut a Woman's Hair. Make sure to follow us on social media, Voyager Time, pretty much everywhere, Facebook and Twitter, uh, and then VoyagerTime at gmail.com. Send us in questions or just memes or whatever and we will read it out on air if you want us to crochet patterns hell yeah send us crochet patterns where to find the best socks in the meantime 
We'll just wait for you here. By the mausoleum. With our backs turned. And our defenses lowered. Come What do I normally say here? Now I'm all on. Uh, hmm. uh, well, I don't know. You, you said, well, friends, and then I, I think do. Oh, you yeah, normally yeah. you're like, join us next time, blah, blah, blah. I thought you wrote well, this down. loyal listener. No, I never write this part down. Okay. I like to wait. It's like it to be natural, not the cuff. Right, all right. Hey, swinging cats. You want, it to, you want it to be sassy and powerful. That's right. It's exactly right. Hey, join us <laughs> next time. I'm gonna give you a couple of reads here. You can just you can put in the one you like. Okay. Join us next time. Okay. <laughs> that trailer Got guy it. voice. <laughs> oh, you want me to cha- join us next time for projections? That's all you're gonna get. Is that too That's tiring it. to continue? I don't want to do the voice. whole thing like that. <laughs> Through the magic of editing, Sarah makes me less of a moron. Well. Okay, but also I just did a spooky boy thing, real like because it's October now. Realizing this, come this out won't come out for like, yeah, yeah. It's uh, a very spooky Thanksgiving. <laughs> She's just gonna trim that out, so we like. And I'm a very Nate turkey. Or I'll just do what I've done sometimes and just go into another episode and get the time <gasps> you said I'm <laughs> Sarah. Going back the curtain for us. All right. I'm just saying. It, the time I did it wasn't because you said something different. It was because like your chair made a noise at the same time as you were saying uh-huh. it, or something like that. So. Yes, that'll, his that'll happen. chair. So when my thing gets cut out this time, and it's just replaced <laughs> with "I'm Ben," we'll know what happened. Well, oh, just a robot voice, and I'm Ben. I do have a robot generation. Right, she has the good robot. Yeah, that's just a different voice for you. (laughs) And that is what I did to add in the words season two, since Andrew forgot to say it in the outro. This has been Voyager Time. Thank you for listening.